Welcome, one and all, to the Games and That Podcast, the show where we share our opinions on all things gaming related with you, our wonderful audience, in hopes to create a positive community where gamers, both casual and hardcore alike, can share their own thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I'm Andrew Fiak. And I'm Brandon Carnahan. And welcome <sighs> to the Not Off Cast. To the Not Off Cast. Hey guys, if you're wrestling fans and you're like me, you're probably still recovering from a seven and a half hour WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, that, that was on Sunday and it's now Tuesday night and I still don't feel like I've slept since. Ouch. Ouch. That's, <coughs> yeah. that's a lot of entertainment. Seven and yeah, a half it's hours. so much entertainment. <laughs> that it, I've been thinking about it every night and it's been keeping me up. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was that was a long one. That was the longest one yet. It was good. It wasn't great. It was good. Uh, but not seven and a half hours, half hours good. Even if they even if the Russo brothers and Kevin Feige came out tomorrow, like, hey guys, Avengers Endgame isn't actually three hours, it's actually seven and a half hours, I would go, Oh man, that's too long. <laughs> I was just make it three movies. Just about to say, that's that's <laughs> that's two end games. Back yeah, that's longer than two end games, and I would want to watch Endgame back to back. Speaking of run times this is starting off here with some serious and that <laughs> how about all these theaters that are running the uh the marathon of all 22 marvel movies yeah brandon if you want to go watch every single marvel movie back to back to back to back to back to back to back it's 59 hours that's insane who's gonna go there for two and a half days and straight that's straight that's with no breaks in between so what you do this is the plan right what you do is you go in well rested right you watch everything up until thor the dark world then you sleep for two hours <laughs> then you wake up and then you resume Oof. i don't know what the second break would be but Definitely, you can sleep through Thor Dark World. Here's my thing. People still, uh, to this day, uh, for like charity runs and stuff, still do like the 24-hour streams. Mm -hmm. And to me, I always go, that would be a blast. I love playing video games. I could uh, definitely do it for 24 hours. And those guys almost always pass out at like the 18, 20-hour mark. And then the last three or four hours is just them pushing through whatever they can to push any button on the controller and make something happen on the screen. Or we could be like that guy that fell asleep on, fell asleep on his stream with <laughs> like four people watching him and then woke up with like 200 viewers and he's just yeah. like huh? <laughs> oh, he was like all psyched. <laughs> There's all these people watching him just snore. Uh, like if I had stories stream. where the guy's like I never knew that I had sleep apnea until I fell asleep on my stream and it saved my life. Yeah, because somebody's like, oh, I recognize that your snoring pattern means you have cancer. And the guy's like, now fine. Yeah, from that angle, it looked like you had a goiter on your neck. You might want to get that examined. <laughs> so I did. And it turns out I had neck pneumonia. 
But my point is, I can't even do the thing I love for 24 hours, let alone just not actively engage in something and just watch a movie for 59 hours. Zero percent chance you catch me dead at an AMC. There has for sure been several times where we've gone to the movie theater and I've just been like nodding off. Usually to a movie that I'm not like super interested in, like something I wanted Mm -hmm. to see, but wasn't like all about it. Yeah. So seeing seeing all the Marvel movies back to back, that would just that would be an endurance test and nothing more. I'm I'm surprised movie theaters are even still a thing. I think it's still one of those weird things that we still do as a culture and like go out and see a movie and then come home where everything is literally given to our doorstep. We don't have to go grocery shopping. Any TV show you want to watch, any movie you want to watch, you can just watch it home. I'm still waiting for day and date movies at home. <laughs> It's only a matter of time. So if you think about it, like drive-in movies back in our parents' time, like they were pretty common. And like Mm -hmm. now there's one around us. I think that movie theaters will probably end up becoming uh, a novelty like that. It's a different way to to watch a movie, but the more common way will more than likely end up being, you know, just pulling it up on your TV and just streaming it. You watch. Is that one out in Moon Township still open? Uh, or is it West Allegheny? Somewhere. Dependable is the only one that's still open. Twin Highways that was on uh, uh, out on like Steubenville towards like Crafton. Oh, yeah. Actually turned that into a Sheets. Ah, holy Sheets, man. Yeah. That one only had like two screens. I think that was ultimately what its undoing was. Whereas the uh, Dependable, I think they have four screens. Mm -hmm. And they're always double features. So yeah, I got to so do uh, eight choices of movie, more or less. Yeah, the last the last one I went to was a double feature of like the Grindhouse movies uh, <laughs> that like Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did yeah. a while back when they like revitalized Grindhouse films and like did like those homage like back to back movies that yeah. they did. And I actually like went to a drive in to see it. and I forgot how I don't even I think it was that same one. That would be an interesting one to see as a drive-in. The last thing we saw at the drive-in was Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh. Which, it was good, but we took, like, Nate to it, and we were like, oh, yeah, like, he'll fall asleep as soon as the sun goes down. No way, dude. You're out in public. not. (laughs) He did not. So we uh, we got about halfway through it, and we were just like, this isn't even enjoyable. We're out of here. Well, if you think about all the sustainable forms of energy, like sunlight, fossil fuels, like nuclear energy, nuclear reactions from nuclear energy, and then like <laughs> at least where one Tesla of those is, is not sustainable. <laughs> Fifty <laughs> slots above that is your son, Nate. <laughs> he is a ball of energy. If we can somehow find a way to harness all of his energy, like third world countries wouldn't even be upset anymore. We, we, we would solve the energy so, crisis. For sure. And then some, we'd be able to travel to like different planets just on your sun from like 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. He just, I think he just runs off of nonsensical conversations. <laughs> yeah. Was, your Snapchats was, of him falling asleep, just talking nonsense to keep himself awake is the best. Yeah. Tonight, thing he was I've telling me all about how his Opa drove his tractor through chocolate. I was like, hmm. Did he know? He's like, mm. yeah. He had to do it. Yeah, prove it, you little turd. <laughs> Show me the chocolate. Show me Show the me chocolate, chocolate. tracker. <laughs> Show it to me yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. Go to sleep, <laughs> you little pathological liar. 
Anyway. Whew. Healthy dose of a net. Right off, right off the cuff. Yeah. Right off if you can't tell, Brandon and I don't have too much to talk about today. Uh, we've actually have a couple small indie games that we've been playing. Um, I will say I this, just started. My wife has been playing the game that I'm talking about tonight about five times as long as I have. Well, then why do we have you on the show? Because <laughs> she said she didn't want to get ready. Yeah, that's fine. I don't blame her. <laughs> and she's also currently playing that game right now. Yeah, well, I don't blame her still. <laughs> Sign of it's a, good a really game. good game. Sign of a yeah. good game when she does not want to put it down. Well, since uh, we've pretty much already segued into it, why don't you tell us about what it is she's playing? Well, Hannah is uh, she's currently, I would estimate, like five, six hours into Hob Definitive Edition on Switch. My oh. experience with Hob Definitive Edition on Switch is uh, significantly shorter because <laughs> I downloaded it last night and the Switch has really slow Wi-Fi. So it took a bit to download and by the time I was ready to play it, I put it probably half hour, 45 minutes-ish into it. Um, <clears throat> so really it's more of a more of a first impression, hot take on it. Um, so basically, just to kind of frame this up, I, I will give you the setup to this game for those who have not played it. So this is all, all right. takes place within the first, I don't know, five minutes or so of the game. So minor, 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 minor spoilers. Well, not to mention this game has been out for a few years now. Yeah, at least a year for sure. Couple, yeah. Um, but I guess so. Before we get into that, this is a port of uh, a PC, I believe, in PS4 game. Um, it's done by Panic Button. They did mm -hmm. the port, and they also have done the port for Wolfenstein 2, Doom, something else that I'm forgetting. But they're, to they're, the Switch specifically. To the Switch, yeah. yeah. So they, they know their way around the Switch. They make very, very good ports. And uh, from what I can tell and from what Hannah has said to me, um, it's a solid game as far as the port goes. Um, she was surprised that it was a PC game before it was a Switch game. Um, yeah. And she, she basically said to me that she's like, I'm really surprised that this wasn't you know, a Switch game from the start, it just feels like something that you would want to play on the Switch. And I was like, I 100% agree. Yep. I don't even think the Switch was a thing when this originally came out. Yeah, it might not have been. Might not have been. Yeah, we're talking years, yeah. Because I remember playing it on my PC without ultra-wide, so... When, it, been. when did it actually come out? Now, now I'm very curious. Let's put this to bed. Let's put this discussion to rest. <laughs> Okay. So it was on, let's see, the announcement trailer for the PS4 release was in, okay, so 2017. So yeah, about two years old. Yeah. A little under. Um, so I guess the best way to describe the game itself is it's kind of, uh, it's, it's got some Metroidvania DNA, it's got some Zelda DNA, Um Basically, it's like taking two of my favorite Nintendo franchises, smashing them together, and then making this new game out of it. Mm -hmm. So you play as this little... I mean, they don't really even say what you are. They're, it's its kind of mysterious as far as games go. It does not tell you a whole lot. It does a lot of showing you 
um, but you're pretty much free to just kind of like do your own thing. So yeah. if so, I remember, it's all context. There's no, yes. there's no dialogue. There's no yep. written text, right? All contextual. Yeah. So you're, you're a little guy, you're a little, I don't know, your little hob guy. We'll call him for now. Sure. He, uh, he gets woken up by this like big kind of like lumbering robot. It looks kind of like ancient. He's got like some rust spots on him. He's got like leaves and ferns and such growing yeah. off of him. But he kind of comes up to your front door and he like puts his little grippers in, pulls open the door, and then he just kind of like jaunts off into, into the distance. And uh, when you take over control, you just kind of follow him around. And uh, he kind of like guides you through this open worldish area, very reminiscent of like a Zelda game um, where you have, you know, these like bigger open areas that are kind of corralled by um, rocks and, and trees and, you know, other terrain and things like that. <clears throat> There's little like alien rabbits and like deers and stuff like jumping around. Mm-hmm. So it feels very alive. Um, little like butterflies and pollen particle kind of stuff like floating through the air. So it does a really, really interesting feel to it. Um, it has sort of like a cell shady cartoony kind of vibe. And I think they really lean into that with the switch port. Um, just from what I've seen comparing the two, um, it, it does look like they had to, uh, kind of tone it down just, just a touch for the, uh, for the switch, which is, you know, not unexpected. Right. Um, really cool art style um so you follow along with uh the robot for for a little bit and uh as you go through like you see the robot doing uh, a bunch of different things which uh, you know if you've if you've ever played a game before you can you very quickly make the uh assumption here that the things that the robot is doing is you know are things that you will also end up being able to do so you know he like punches through walls he punches structures and they kind of rearrange themselves uh pulls on bricks he has like a sword that comes out of his arm um what else does he do um it cracks open doors and and stuff like that and uh eventually you come across your path and it's like blocked by this like boily bubbly like purple stuff it's like corrupting the land type of thing (coughs) so you guys take an alternate path and you, he's the robots like looking off in the distance. So you go kind of do your own thing. And, uh, next thing you know, you're, you're at this archway and there's some like corruption coming up the one side of the archway. And you're kind of hanging out with this like alien giraffe deer kind of guy. And then this like node from the corruption, it like shoots out this little like stinger stings you in the arm and your arm starts like pulsating purple and your, your character, he has like, blue lights for his eyes and you can see them kind of like flashing and dimming and then you fall down and the uh the robot comes over and he sees that you've been stung by this corruption uh so he picks you up and to stop the spread of it he snicks out his little arm sword and he he chops off your arm (laughs) so right off the gate i was like oh wow was not (laughs) expecting that and I, I got a text from Hannah this morning and she was like, yo, that robot just sliced my arm off straight up. And I was like, yeah, man, he, he goes right for it. Um, so he takes you to some like underground ancient tech lab sort of deal. Um, yeah. And 
basically rips off his left arm and grafts it onto your stump. And then when you come to, you got this big honking robot arm, uh, which then allows you to do a lot of the things that your robot buddy can do. That's actually what HOB stands for. It's an acronym. It's honking arm of bot. <laughs> I like uh, it. <laughs> you guys weren't aware. Official headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> So you follow the robot around a little bit more. You can, at this point, you can like jump around. You can see that this is also like has platforming elements to it. <clears throat> you end up getting um, like a, a shard of a sword, and then the robot ends up getting you more pieces of a sword, which you then melt down, turn into like a fully functioning sword, and from there you're kind of just ready to jump into the adventuring action. Um, so there's. Lots of areas to explore. From what I can tell, and again, I played a very, very small chunk of this, but uh, like you could, if you've played enough like Metroidvania, Zelda type of games, like you have a pretty good idea of what's in store just from playing like the first snippet. Like the layout of the area seems very reminiscent of Zelda games. Um, yeah. Whenever I was following the robot around, I kind of just walked off and was trying to see what other things were available, and I found a couple of things that were like very obviously, um, you know, like the equivalent of like the missile door in Metroid that like, you know, you got to open this up, but you don't have the item to do that. So lots of those type of things where you're going to have to find some kind of an item and then basically either happen upon the right path that you need to use the new item to access, or you exhaust all your options until you find that new item to go back and, and try this new path. But it has that same sort of Metroidvania style progression where you're you're looking for the next item so that you can backtrack and then unlock all these you know side paths that you couldn't access before and that then, mm -hmm. you know like oh what is this how do i get through this cracked wall here and you need oh you need like the power fist to punch through it no um combat's pretty fun fought a couple of dudes last night um <clears throat> clicking on the right stick and it kind of does like a z targeting sort of thing and then you can kind of you know circle around your enemy just like you would in a zelda game um swing your sword around to attack them <clears throat> uh, you start off with three life bars in the top corner just like your three hearts in zelda and you can add on to that um so it kind of takes you know a lot of the things that you are familiar with and enjoy from these other games and it kind of puts them together in this neat little package that's just like it's perfectly suited uh for the switch in my opinion i love the kind of like top down isometric perspective that it has it's sort of somewhere in between like link between worlds and uh, like almost like diablo in terms of like how it positions itself within the yeah. world um <clears throat> visually just because I guess how they had to kind of tone it down a bit for switch and then just the inherent art style as well. Um, it really, really reminded me of like phantom hourglass and how they made that work visually on the DS, which I really, I, I enjoyed that game. So that, that kind of mm -hmm. spoke to me and then just, just overall it has like a very cool, like Zelda feel like just visually, it looks more in line with like a Zelda game than like a Metroid game, but it does have like the, that gameplay loop of a Metroid game. So I'm really looking forward to digging into this a little bit more. This seems like perfect switch title a, and yeah. then B it seems like this is like such a perfect game to play, uh, in the, you know, the anticipation and the build up to, a links 
Link's Awakening coming out for Switch. So yeah, pretty excited for this one. Seems like it'll be a good, good run. Looks really cool. Uh, pretty excited about it. And the fact that my wife is literally downstairs playing this right now and has been throughout the course of the day to me says that, you know, it's, it's gotta be something special because she doesn't, she's not one to focus on a game enough where she's like, I need to keep playing. I don't want to put this down. Yeah. And she's, she's much better at knowing when she should take a break and actually taking the break than I am. I will be like, yeah, I should probably take a break. And then four hours later, I'll be like, Hmm, should have taken that break. Cause I just, <laughs> walking into a wall or something. I'll take I'll take a break when at the next checkpoint, and yeah. that never that checkpoint yeah. never 17 happens. Seventeen checkpoints later, <laughs> but um, she she's hooked on it, so I'm I'm excited to get into it. It's a nice little bonding experience whenever you know you and and the significant other play the same game. You know, not together, but like at the same time. And right. for once, she'll be the one that's farther ahead because it's usually me that plays through a game where I'm like, hey, like, I think you should check this out. You'll really like it. And then she's asking yeah. me all these questions. Well, now I get to be like, um, I don't know what to do. How do I get through this part? <laughs> Turn the tables a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoy it. I Like I mentioned earlier, I played it uh, back when it came out in apparently 2017. Yeah. I played it on PC. Um Never had any problems with it. It was always a good game. It does fulfill that kind of feeling of Zelda, that but not Zelda. Mm-hmm. Fills that Metroid uh, void, but not Metroid. Um, I am getting a lot of memories just watching the trailer going back and forth because there's a lot of things I forgot about the game. Yeah. Um, and I forgot that the most important thing is because it's such a contextual story-based game is that there's something to be said about you always... I feel like I want to get through a contextual game more so than a game with written dialogue or, or text for you to read through things or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a very, I'm very keen on visual storytelling. And those are the things that I'm just like, I just want to find out like why a lot of this is. And it's such a mysterious game. There's clearly, yeah. it's got that one of my favorite video game settings of like, it looks and feels prehistoric, but you can tell that something far more advanced than where we are yeah. today as humans has already been there. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 my first instinct is always what, what happened? Why, right? Why did this bustling civilization fall and why is it overgrown with green and what is all this corruption stuff? I remember not being able to put it down for that reason alone. Yeah. Let alone the combat is solid. The dungeon crawling is solid. Um, and I forgot, especially how the world develops because it's not like a, like it is open world. You can go wherever you want, whenever you want for the most part. Mm-hmm. But when you start unlocking parts of the world, they kind of get put together like a puzzle. So when new areas open, like, other areas from the ground come up or the land that you've already been to shifts drastically. Um, it's really cool. <clears throat> Definitely seems it. That yeah. Was, I think I you're knew. really going to enjoy it. Yeah, and it's good. It's it's, I was just going to say my last comment, it's the perfect length game because yeah. I've just, lo- I looked at my steam library just to see how long it took me mm-hmm. nine hour game. Nine and hour. to me, that's perfect. Yeah. Especially for, for a switch game too. I think that's like a, great length for a switch game because chances are it's something you're going to be picking up putting down picking up putting down yeah so it's and it is definitely not it's definitely not one of those games that 
lacks the quantity, so therefore it 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 could use more. It just it's bustling with quality, mm-hmm. and that's nine hours of quality content, and it's right. it's that's why it's so hard to to put down because I think we're so used to the bigger games, the bigger, grindier, more right. open world games, Lots of filler. Yeah, this one's such a self-contained experience, and it's from the guys who made Torchlight Two, which is also a really good dungeon crawler game if you've mm-hmm. never tried it. So. It is very good. If you really like this game, when it, when you finish it, mm-hmm. I think I've been telling you this for a while now. If you really like this and you want more of something like this, play Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah, you do keep telling me about that, and I always play Ori in the Blind Forest, it. man. I that, I can't. Is that on pimp Switch? That one Not yet, but if Games Pass is coming, that's like one of those Xbox mm-hmm. games that always gets pushed. Um, yeah, I might have to sit on that for a little longer see if that does become a thing yeah maybe 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 yeah, not maybe. Yeah. we'll see we'll yeah see. but if i mean once you get through this and you're like i just want more of that play ori in the blind forest <laughs> sounds good <clears throat> so your game that you've been playing also has uh quite an interesting art style i would say that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. Both of our games have sort of a different, less uh, less realistic style to them. What's yeah, that? this is interesting. I don't. I, I wasn't sure how I wanted to start talking about this one. I did capture some live gameplay here um, of just one run, uh, which ended up being a fifty-eight minute straight run. Hmm. Um, you'll see why that's a little bit absurd here in a minute. Uh, but I was playing Risk of Rain 2, um, a game that's on Steam exclusively right now. It is in early access. Uh, it is 20 bucks right now. And it is a sequel to one of the uh, highly um, regarded uh, rogue style games, uh, Risk of Rain which was a 2D platformer when it came out uh, a while back. When I think it came out maybe in 2014, 2015, maybe. Yeah, I, have, I had never heard of this series until this I had out. heard of it, but it's one of those games where when somebody mentions it, I'm thinking of a totally different game than what it actually is. <laughs> I was always thinking of that game where you play as like that little white, like cat looking thing. And you're kind of like, platforming a la flashback or like one of those like old Prince of Persia style games. Uh-huh. It was made by the Adult Swim Games uh, company, which makes some good stuff Yeah, if you've never played any of their games. But um, they do a lot of like stuff with Devolver. And th- that was always the game that I thought of. And I can't remember what that game is called. But I would be like, oh, Risk of Rain. That's what that one is. But it's not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the original Risk of Rain is available on Switch. I was trying to verify that before we started the show. I couldn't find it. Uh, um, mine's downstairs. Otherwise, I would look. look yeah. That up. Well, I so I never played the first Risk of Rain. So I went into this completely blind. And the only reason I went into it was because I heard really, really, really good things about it. And when an early access game drops... And everybody and their mother's like, this is great. This is so much fun. I'm definitely going to be interested in it because I turn tend to turn a blind eye to um, early access games. Yeah. Uh, I've had too often have I jumped into an early access game and played it to death and then not wanted to go back once it fully releases and give it the time that it deserves. Um, it happened with Dead Cells. It happened with The Forest. Um, 
I just played so much of them in alpha and beta that once the full game came out and it like drastically changes like dead cells and the forest became two totally different games from what they were in early access. Um, I just couldn't get back into it cause I had poured so many hours into it already. Yeah. And I was just kind of burnt out with it. So that, that's a fear I have with this one. Um, because I don't, it, it is, it, it is fun at the end of the day, it's fun. And I want to put, um, I want to put a, a, a discussion that a lot of people have when these types of games comes out to rest. A lot of people say it's a roguelike. And then a lot of other people say it's a rogue light. Do you know what the difference between the two of them is? No, <laughs> truthfully, <Okay>. I do not. <laughs> okay. I, so I'm, I, this isn't like an official Wikipedia definition of things. Um, this is straight up taken from, uh, Mark, um, Mark Brown, who does game makers toolkit, uh, on YouTube and has a Patreon and stuff. The guy does incredible videos about game psychology and uh, development and like theories behind how you develop games and build them to be successful mm-hmm. and what's fun versus what's, you know, arduous. Um, he did a whole series on roguelikes. So Rogue is named, it, it's directly taken from a game that came out in 1980, which was a procedurally generated dungeon mm-hmm. game called Rogue. Uh, that every time you would go in, you would start a new run, and then it, you would play the next time you go in. Once you died, there's two things that make a rogue like a rogue like game. There's permadeath, mm-hmm. and there's some type of progression. There's some type of procedural. I'm sorry. There's some type of procedural generation. Those are the only two things that make a game a rogue style game. Mm-hmm. To say something is rogue like versus rogue light. Uh, roguelike is when there's no progress that carries over from each run between permadeaths. Uh, games like Spelunky, Enter the Gungeon, Binding of Isaac, games that when you fire it up after you die, you're starting from scratch with nothing to your name, and it, but you're going through a new procedurally generated experience. Yeah. Uh, a rogue, rogue, legacy. rogue Legacy is like is a rogue light. So a rogue light has some level of progression that carries over into your next runs. So games like Dead Cells, Moonlighter, and Rogue Legacy, though you're starting runs from scratch, you're slowly unlocking abilities that make your next runs different. So there's like in Rogue Legacy, there's the tower that you're building. There's the there's the there's the family legacy that gets mm-hmm. put on, and like you know different traits that go to those characters. And then once you unlock like when you finish a boss, some you can like teleport to world two and go straight into world two runs stuff like that same thing with dead cells all those style of games it's and the the way that i heard it described (laughs) when i was researching it today because i actually wanted to to research something uh (laughs) is that it's kind of like pornography you just kind of got to watch it and play it and experience it to be able to say okay this is how it's being categorized (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah, I thought that was pretty funny, but um, <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those things where it's kind of up in the air. You can make arguments about it, like even games like Enter the Gungeon, like Enter the Gungeon, when you are unlocking, you're unlocking characters and characters have special abilities and there's an argument that can be made that certain abilities give you an, an, a certain edge in, you know, different worlds that you, you know, progress through. Mm-hmm. Um but in my opinion, Risk of Rain 2 is a rogue light game. It's a rogue light because th- th- there's no real like 
character progression that carries over, but mm-hmm. you're unlocking new characters that you can play as that have different abilities and um, they kind of complement one another. And then there's uh, different achievements and things that you can unlock by doing certain things. And then those will unlock uh, items in the game that can then have more of a chance in the open world to be found once you have unlocked that achievement of doing something. So I would argue that that changes the progression of the game, but really you're just, once you die, you're dead forever. And then you just start over from scratch and you go at it again. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to like a Spelunky game, uh, a Spelunky style of gameplay. So the gameplay loop here is that you pick a character. uh, You can play either solo or with other people. You can play up to three other people. So parties of four. Um, And the object is that it drops you into a world into a random map that's not procedurally generated, but like the layout of key items is changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And that seems to be procedurally generated. The idea is that you you or all four of you get dropped into a world and you have to find a teleporter. The teleporter will summon a boss. You kill the boss and then you use the teleporter to go to the next world and you just keep rinsing and repeating as as long as you can go from what I can tell to see how far, how many times you can teleport essentially. Essentially, I guess. Um, I don't know if that's going to change, but it, with early access, that's the loop that we have now. Okay, fair, fair. Um, I, I never played the first Risk of Rain, so I can't say that that's what the game is. Mm-hmm. But for now, that's that's really what this game brings to the table. Do you know why it is called Risk of Rain? Um, probably because your character is so scared of water uh, that when it the possibility of it raining is just really scary. So I I have no idea why it's called risk of rain. I made all that up. I liked your explanation. (laughs) Um, no, I have no idea. I always thought that like, maybe I, I'm misremembering this or maybe this has something to do with it, but I just remember the original box art, like the, the guy that you're playing as is from the original game or like the original art that I remember seeing from the game. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that like risk of rain was like, Oh, like he's wearing almost what looks like an orange diver suit, but it's kind of also looking like an astronaut suit. Yeah. So maybe his like suit can rust if you don't like clean it. So that's what I was always thinking. Like it was like a water effect versus like, I have to like, I don't know, <laughs> unrust my stuff. I don't know guys. Uh, I don't make the games. I just play them. Uh, but that's pretty much the gameplay loop. You're just finding the teleporter, summoning a boss, killing the boss, moving. Now the things that you do up until the teleport while you're looking for it, which changes in every instance of the world that you load into. Um, there's a bunch of items everywhere. Uh, loot crates, canisters, treasure chests, um, you know, like, uh, those, Pods that kind of look like the things that Lifeline drops in Apex Legends mm-hmm. that have like different things you can choose from yeah, around the sides. That, of you just tripods. had one where you were like, you had like sunglasses or something floating around in there. Yeah, those sunglasses, uh, when you put them on your character, they uh, give you uh, increased chance of critical hits hmm. against enemies. Um, you can uh, kill enemies in this game. There's a bunch of random enemies that come out. Um, I saw a lot of repeat enemies after a while. Didn't seem to be too much of a variety after one or two runs that I tried. Um, I ended up seeing a lot of repeats. Repeat, repeat, repeat. 
Um, and these enemies drop uh, coins and currency. So you use the coins and currency to open up <laughs> any crate you find in the world, any canister, etc. There's a price that's tagged to them. The price changes and inflates based on the world that you're in. So world one, a crate might be a hundred bucks, and then world two, it's like one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Um, bigger enemies drop more money and then there's a bunch of different random stuff too there's like these statues like the one you're seeing over here now that like you can put whatever denomination it tells you to like hey give me $115 you give it $115 and you have a chance to get something Um, and then if you don't get something pay more you get an increased chance of getting something until you get something and then like the statue shuts down Um, and the idea is that you you kill these enemies you pick up the money you spend the money and then what do you get from these crates what do you get from all these canisters and stuff you get items the items are mostly passive ability items things like uh sprint boost double jump um uh healing outside of danger uh glasses that let you see uh give you an increased chance of critical hits um a bleeding effect on enemy damage, uh, you know, stuff like that. Just things that you're picking up and you're accumulating. And as you pick them up, you gain like more and more abilities. So you become a stronger player. You get more mm-hmm. health, you do more damage. Um, and then you get all these little quirks put into your character. Um, and on top of that, your character already has a bunch of other abilities that they can use that are active abilities. So like this guy that I'm playing as, he's the default character. He's called the survivor. Mm-hmm. He basically has a, a double tap shot he just has two pistols that he's just shooting the whole time so you get one two per click you can basically just hold in the mouse button the right mouse does like a like a double shot that like penetrates enemies uh so you can hit multiple enemies at once but it does like three times the damage of a normal shot and that typically reloads pretty fast so at certain point at one point when there's just so many enemies on screen i just have both of the mouse buttons held down and i'm just aiming at everything and just kind of running around and just trying to stay alive and pick up abilities and pick up money and spend it as quickly as I can and pick up as much stuff as I can. Because as you progress through the world, as you beat the bosses and you get a bunch of stuff, at one point you'll see at the top of the screen there's just a little bar with mm-hmm. all the little items that I've picked up. Yeah. Those yeah. items are visually represented on your person. So like you say, become this like you keep just adding on to all yeah, your, your gizmos you be- and stuff. You become this like rolling Katamari ball that just like <laughs> grabs fish, everything that's hat, not some sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, like by the end of this run, first of all, this run goes for an hour and it times you. In the top right, you can see how long your run has been. Mm-hmm. And underneath that, the more enemies you kill, the harder the difficulty becomes. So you can just yeah. see it slowly going from easy to medium to hard right, to once the bar fills up. Yeah, and I found out today that there is a maximum to the bar, and the progression is easy, medium, hard, <laughs> insane, impossible, um, like insurmountable, and then beyond that, it's I see you, dot, 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 I'm coming for you, dot, 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 and then the very last tier, which is insane, it's just enemy spawning every two seconds, it just is ha 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 forever. Like it'll just keep getting harder and harder and harder. And it'll just be keep being ha ha ha. That's so I don't know if that's like some type of secret message into what the future updates are going to bring. Or like maybe there's an overarching baddie. Because one of the things that happens is once you go through the first three worlds, 
uh, and you beat the first three bosses, it starts it spawns you into a fourth world, which is uh, it, it's like deja vu. You're back at the start. Why is that? So it's obviously dropping some type of story hints, and I know that there's ways to there's like achievements for using certain items and doing certain things, you know, making it to certain world tiers in like certain uh, at certain difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a bunch of hidden ways of like, how do you unlock the other characters? Because the person that I'm playing as right now, the survivor is the only person you can play as from jump street. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like four other characters in the early access that you can play as I unlocked one of them uh, by getting through the third world tier without dying. And she's like a bow and arrow woman who does like, uh, like reins of bows and does like ranged attacks and stuff. I haven't played with her yet because I got really burnt out after this session because it was just an hour straight of combat. <laughs> um, but, <clears throat> but that's, that's pretty much the gameplay loop. And there seems to be little secrets hidden everywhere. Um, maybe there's ways to unlock other characters like, uh, the, one of the achievements is like uh, rescue this person who's trapped in time. So maybe there's a way to manipulate where you're going or what you're doing. Yeah. But the worlds aren't that big. They don't seem that dense, though. I have found like secret hidden chests that are kind of out of the way that look like you might be glitching through a world, but you're actually like in a cave. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't I mean, that wasn't until like world tier four or five. I I uh, randomly stumbled across that by accident because I was taking shelter from something, but you know, I'm definitely going to get back into it and play some more of it. Um, it is fun. It's way more fun than I anticipated. It's just nonstop silly action. It looks I mean, by really the cool, very slick. Yeah, dude, by, by the end of this run, like see all that stuff on the left, mm-hmm. that's all my stuff. Those are all like my, my med bots, like my, my, uh, my gun bots. There's like, at one point I picked up, a passive ability that um, raises these rock creatures from the ground every three seconds with like 300 health and they do like a hundred <laughs> damage and they just run around and they just wreck stuff That's and just awesome. launch stuff in the air. Um, it gets pretty ridiculous. The further through it you get and like the bosses become bigger and bigger and they become a little bit harder. But as long as you're decking yourself out in all these different items with all these different passive abilities you can also pick up items um use uh, that use the q key and it's like a it's like an active end all be all ultimate ability the one that i have there is like a little effigy doll Mm -hmm. putting it down um actually traps enemies and grounds them in that area until you pick up the effigy again Hmm. so it's useful for like bosses who spawn other enemies because then they'll just all stay in the same area right corral them and exactly hit them so now you're starting to think about right so now you're thinking about what what abilities do i have based on what i picked up and this isn't one of those games that has those strategies where it's like, oh, you have all like the healing items, so let's give you this so that you can heal people. It seems to be pretty much just grab whatever the hell you can before you go to the next world because you're going to run out of, you're not going to have any money when you start off in the next yeah. place, and you want as much passive and, and active stuff as you can get to make yourself stronger for the next world tier. Mm-hmm. Um, so it becomes this thing where once you beat the boss, you kind of go back out into the world, you grab whatever you can, and then you teleport to the next place, just like guns blazing Rambo style, ready to go for round two or round three or wherever you are in that run. Nice. Um, it's a lot of fun, man. <laughs> I, like I said, I didn't, 
I didn't anticipate having this much fun. And my, I didn't really like it the first time I fired it up. Mm-hmm. There's no tutorial. It doesn't tell you anything. Um, oh, there's early, early access. Even, yeah. It, not to say that there wouldn't be something there to like a, like a tutorial level. But really with the early access, it drops you into the world and you're, you're going. Mm-hmm. You just do it. And I, I appreciate it. But that first run that I did was maybe like a 15 minute run. And I died in the third world to the third boss. And I didn't, I hadn't picked up anything. Cause I was like, well, I don't want to spend my money. I don't want to, I don't know how that works. I don't, how do I use these items? Are they all passive? Do they just work? Like, I don't, it doesn't tell you anything, but yeah. second or third run, like my second run was then 25 minutes. My third run was like a half an hour. And then this one that you're watching where I went to world tier six was an hour roughly it was like 50 56 minutes was uh, it solo or did you have some other no guys? i had three other people with me and then by year six i only had one other guy with what's nice is if you die in a world tier if they can beat the boss and get to the teleporter once they teleport to the next world you mm-hmm. teleport with them with all the stuff that you had on your body when you died oh that's cool so you can like yeah. if you die before everybody else you can kind of like spectate yeah you just spectate whoever you're whoever's still cool. playing but if everybody dies, that's permadeath for the whole team. Gotcha. But as long as one person's alive and they're still going after the boss and they haven't died, um, then you're good to keep going. Do you find that people will stay with the group whenever they die? Or once they die, they're just like, man, I'm going to go hop into another one here. So loot isn't instance based. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're paying to open up a chest, the money is shared. But from what I can gather... If we accumulate $300 and then somebody spends 100 to open up a crate, they have 200 I still have 300 I think that's how it works. So the money is instance-based. We all share it, but I have my own instance of currency versus somebody else. Otherwise, if other people are opening crates the whole time I, and I never get to open one or like they're next to me and I'm opening them and then they're taking my stuff. Th- so there's a little bit of grief there sometimes. Mm-hmm. I haven't doesn't seem like there's even a chat option there's a typing chat option in the game there doesn't seem to be like an actual mic chat, chat option with your party but it doesn't seem like you need it right now because right like i said it's it's kind of rambo style you just grab whatever you can and just go in guns blazing and yeah i follow the party around just because it helps stay alive and take some of the aggro off of you mm-hmm. because things just randomly spawn there's no rhyme or reason as to where something drops in when it drops in and what triggers it um, stuff will just appear behind you sometimes. So you have to always be like on your mark 360 ready right. to go. <laughs> um, so whenever, whenever other people in, in your party die, I guess I should have phrased this question better. So like when they die, do you find that they will stick around and spectate or do you feel like they more often than not will, will just dro- drop from the game to go find um, another session? In the, in the three or four games, I've found that people will... Uh, in one game, everybody stayed. In mm-hmm. this game, everybody stayed. But in a game before it, people were leaving right away. Um, but it's not also like an option where it's like, spectate or do you want to leave? You have to actively like hit escape, hit quit to main menu, and then load into another lobby to try to play again. Gotcha. So it's not incentivizing you to do that or giving you the option for yourself. Gotcha. Um, let me see. Um, couple other things, just some quick overall thoughts I had. Um, 
combat's very solid. The game looks very good. It runs very well. The only time I had any issues were when there were like hundreds of enemies on screen, yeah. which is very understandable. It looks like it gets could get quite chaotic, especially at the uh, the higher difficulty levels. Yeah, it gets pretty hectic, man. Um, and like at the like at the end of this, you might I, I don't know if you'll see it slow down, and, but. Um, right now I'm on the third world and it's already at hard difficulty and you can tell just look at all the numbers popping up look at all yeah. like the indications and stuff there's it, there's a lot going on it's a busy screen but really the only thing you need to worry about is timing your abilities when do I use them and uh, just sh- making sure you're always shooting something um, any other quick thoughts um, it, this is just something with early access games, but right now, kind of like I mentioned before with first and dead cells, I really like this and I do want to play more of it, but I have to kind of stop myself from doing that because I know I'm going to get burnt out on it because right now what you're seeing is what you get. This is all that there is to do. There's some yeah. other characters to play as that I'd like to play as, but I'm just, I, I can tell there's no grind here right now. It's just an early access conceptual game of this is what this is going to be. To me, there has to be something else there. Like with Moonlighter and Dead Cells, these days, there's an end game. There's an end boss. There's something yeah. to go to and beat and get credits. Um, with this game, that doesn't exist right now. It just seems like you just go and go and go until you are either physically exhausted or you're just mentally exhausted and you just need to stop. Yeah. Um, so that kind of just keeping that in mind, I don't think there's anything here right now for like a like a long haul grind, but totally worth the 20 bucks that they have it available for right now because i know this studio is good for it they did a really good job with the first game from what i was reading um they will continue to release content and once this thing launches officially it's just going to be another you know 40 dollar indie yep, game i was about to say it's going to at least double in price once it yeah comes out so I, I mean i would pick it up now for the 50 percent off and at least get a taste for it and see if you like it if you don't like it you can return it under two hours played um yeah. Do you feel like but this if you game like it, you have a, you would have a pretty good idea of whether or not you would enjoy it before those yep. two hours are up? Yeah, and I so I'll probably hop into this again for another hour or two and just try mm-hmm. another character, maybe see what else it's like and see if it changes. But then I'm uninstalling it, and then I'm just going to wait until the next big content update yeah. comes for it or it officially launches. Play it when, once they add new bits and bobs. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really excited to play this with friends because it is—it's just so chaotic that I can see this being a lot of fun with people on chat and just talking about it. Yeah, for sure. And I just—I—I I, I just I want really want to again applaud a game that when I pick stuff up, it it shows on my person and like I can see it. <laughs> I do appreciate. And this it. game does it like by the fifth or sixth world in this one, that whole top bar is filled, and then one underneath it. <laughs> I just I look insane. I love it. Yeah, I can see. It looks like you have like a Christmas tree on your head. You have like some needles coming out of your leg. Yeah, one of my legs is a goat leg. Uh, (laughs) That makes me go faster. Uh, But dude, it's a lot of fun. And I think the boss gets some in here. I don't know if you saw any of the bosses, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that's Risk of Rain two. 20 bucks in early access on steam right now if you have literally nothing else to play like if you're not playing division or mlb like i am um (laughs) this is totally worth your 20 bucks and this will shed an hour here and there 
Yahab, I did not mention it earlier, is also uh, currently 20 bucks on the uh, eShop. I guess it's, uh, it's on, I think it's on sale. Some percentage off, like 10, 15% off. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to celebrate its uh, its release. So if that's something you're interested in, now's a good time to grab it. That's definitely pretty much what I did. So would would recommend this game. The Risk of Rain looks to be a, a blast. So yeah, I, and I would again, surprised that I, if I pick this up in, in the near future because it looks quite fun. It is, uh, and and again, treat this as if it's a demo that you had to pay for. It's not a full game. What I'm talking about are just impressions. All of this could change overnight. They could release a patch and be like, this is we're we're updating this game to be a whole different thing. Yeah. They've done it with early access games before. Um, and that's kind of the fun of an early access game that you enjoy is just hopping in every couple months and being like, wonder what's changed since the last time I played this. And sometimes it's drastically different. Sometimes it's nothing at all. Um, but that's part of the fun of having these. Yeah, for sure. Been on that but, opening wave. Yeah. So those are my impressions of Risk of Rain 2. And yeah, I I don't want to, I, I, I can't recommend it. But if you've literally got nothing else going on, it sounds like you and you enjoy the gameplay over here, I would definitely check it out. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. And that's literally it, guys. I don't have anything else to talk about. I mean, Brandon, we're still Division. Is there anything that you wanted to mention with Division 2? Um, I'm still working my way through. Um, have not hit end game yet. I'm currently at level 25, so I'm, I'm slowly but surely getting there. I'm not trying to rush my way through. I'm kind of just enjoying my time presently. So, no, I've not, I've not come across anything that I'm just like ah, you know, upset about or anything that's like right. been a detriment to my experience. It's all been consistent fun and. Yeah, no complaints so far. How about you? Since you're you're uh, well within uh, yeah. the uh, the end game currently, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, I really want to get through some of the other strong stuff, so I'm gonna. But I'd like to wait to do that with somebody else, just because I feel like those are kind of big strike like things. If we're making destiny comparisons, yeah. Um, and then I know that raid comes out. I think at the end of the month. Yeah, I think it's like April 26th or something. Yeah, which I believe the first rate is the Pentagon. Hmm. Um, I, would be very, yeah. I would be very surprised if I'm not endgame. Oh, for sure. You'll be there. I, I was surprised uh, and pleasantly surprised when I logged in last week. They had some new updates, one of them being there's now a helicopter at the, the BOO, the base of operations. Uh, that says, um, come here for like off world activities, hmm. um, which, you know, that could just be for the raid. Cause you got to go North to get to the Pentagon. But I've heard rumors or I guess not really rumors, but rampant speculation that, uh, we could be returning to New York for another, uh, installment of survival. Hmm. Interesting. Be, I would be completely okay with that because that was a super fun mode. That fun, was a super fun. That was a super fun week. I also really enjoyed when they did that underground DLC. I thought that was really cool with the procedurally generated underground runs that you had to do. I, I wasn't as into that as I was with the survival stuff, but I did. I, I 
played them out of order. I got survival before I got the right round and they came out mm-hmm. uh, inverse of one another. But yeah, that's a damn good game, man. Division two is some special stuff for sure. Um, anything in the news? It's been kind of a slow week news wise. Anything? Yeah. I mean, the big thing that I was talking about before we had games that we knew we wanted to talk about this week was the Reggie fils maze last week at Nintendo is this week. Yeah. 36 years, I believe. I know he's, 30, he's, he's been there since 2006. I actually looked that up today. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a, he's been an employee of Nintendo yeah. since like 84, 85, but president officially 2006, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big loss, man. And I know I think they they have a guy whose last name is Bowser coming in, which is Doug awesome. Bowser, Doug Bowser. Um, boy, they need to they need to lean into that. I think they will. They need to really lean into that. I feel like they will. That would be, be such a missed opportunity not to. Like the first the first thing they should do is ha- is be is like on a treehouse. Be like Reggie send off. I'm going to introduce Bowser, and for my send off, he'll be like all games on the eShop are fifty percent off, and then Doug Bowser comes in and is like, nope, everything's full price. Wah ha ha ha. I actually did see that there's like a Nintendo. I don't know, like not like greatest hits or there's some some sort of sale going on where there's a lot of like the top top tier um switch games that are like up to 60 percent off right now so might be worth looking at if you're trying to pick up some uh some new stuff in uh in the e-shop yeah and if you're new to the switch the first two games you need to buy are breath of the wild and mario odyssey without a question those are two of the best nintendo games ever made Um, the only other thing I can think about to touch on, and this is really just something to mention because there's literally nothing aside from a picture to uh, go off of, is that uh, they officially have announced that the reveal for Jedi Fallen Order is going to be uh, this Sunday during Celebration, Star Wars Celebration. Mm. So I think there was uh, some discussion with uh, the Greedo Shot First guys of doing some sort of a a joint podcast where we we bring our our gaming expertise to their Star Wars expertise and we just we kind of we put the the chocolate and the peanut butter together and, emphasis uh, on expertise <laughs> <laughs> meaning we sit there and we play a lot of video games yeah oh boy if only expertise was based on quantity of games played i'd be president of the united states so much expertise (laughs) would use that term lightly yes uh expert heavy heavy air quotes heavy air quotes oh like yeah like air quotes that cause tornadoes because they're just so whoosh whoosh yeah yes exactly um yeah and brandon we've got a big uh milestone coming up we've got 25 episodes coming up soon yeah we're on 21 and now so we're we haven't been canceled yet as we we have not saying. been canceled yet because we're not sponsored yet we're not sponsored facebook but wants you, me to give them money though yeah, they always, oh, they always. Oh. you know what after they cut us out on air basically last week for using royalty free music yeah 
guys, if you ever want to stream on Facebook, uh, get ready for them to be like back alley dealing with you every time you log on to Facebook. Hey, give me 30 bucks and I'll show this to 5,000 people. Hey, you want to expand your reach? <laughs> I'll give you 15. You put in another 15. We can give you $30 worth of exposure, guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's like if somebody took all those people on Instagram who are like, like for like, post for post <laughs> thing, but it, they were like actually a business. That's what Facebook feels like. I think I, I would say I probably get at least three to four notifications per week. So almost once a day about yeah, pretty much going to boost this post, man. Hey, man, we noticed you haven't paid us for anything yet. Um, hey, if you want to just saying, if you want to smoke the meats, uh, best way to smoke meats is with your friends and if you expand your reach you can have more friends for smoking meats oh boy yeah well maybe one day but for now not canceled i think brand and i were chatting and i think we have something up our sleeve for episode 25 yeah up our sleeve not not super sure what that is but we've put i've i personally put some feelers out there last week to some friends of ours yeah and uh I think we're gonna we're gonna have something special on episode twenty five. Something's cooking. Something's we cooking. We got a steak cooking. Meats. Meats. Brisket and the acorn back there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's just gonna do it for us this week. Yeah, I don't have anything else to talk about. I got nothing else. Cool. Next nice... week will probably be more of the same. Probably, yeah. Kind of a slow, slow period right now. We're we're kind of in between the. Beginning of the year crazes and the uh, we're in that like springtime lull. Yeah, much. we're getting we're, we're, E3s right around the corner though. Yeah, lots lots of announcements to be coming out for sure. Um, probably you know I, I I think we'll probably both end up getting into um, some days gone. I feel like that's probably like the next comes out April twenty sixth. Yeah, next big release yep. on the list. Um, yep. 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 I don't know. And who knows? Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a chance to get some backlog out of the way. It's true. It's true. I got spring break coming up, so I'll have. Winter spring break is that next week or the following uh, week? It will be next week, Wednesday sure. through the following Monday. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'll get my girlfriend to come on and uh, during her next week and talk about Yoshi's Crafted World. Mm. Okay. Maybe we do a girls episode. Hannah can talk about her experience with Hob, mm. and Emily can talk about Crafted World. I dig mm. it. I wouldn't mind a week off. Mm. We'll just be sitting in the background correcting. <laughs> like, no. I'm just eating Take popcorn and getting fat. <laughs> well. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that uh about does it for this week here. Yeah. As always, we appreciate you for listening. If you are listening to us on Facebook, you can join us every Tuesday where we stream this live. We stream it live right around 8.30, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Facebook.com slash GamesNat. Again, that's Facebook.com slash GamesNat. You can also reach us uh, via email at the GNA podcast at gmail.com. That is the Golf November Alpha podcast.com at gmail.com. Excuse me. Um, and you can listen to us wherever... Uh, Podcasts are streamed, uh, except for Spotify, which we're trying to figure out we're currently. Gonna, we're going to make that happen. Yeah, we're going to try to make that happen. Make that happen. 
Uh, you can also check out our website and all of our other podcast affiliates at reggieshousepodcast.com. Again, that's reggieshousepodcast.com. Such great podcasts as the Rust Belt Risters, a Pittsburgh Penguin podcast, as well as Greedo Shot First, a Star Wars podcast about Star Wars and anything freaking related to Star Wars. If you have your own listener review that you would like us to talk about on the show, don't hesitate to reach us any of the ways we previously mentioned. Facebook, email, you can call us, you can test us. You can run run us down on the street when you see us out (laughs) and about on the uh, off occasion. Uh, Just let us know what you're playing, what you think. What do you think about what we're playing? Have you tried Risk of Rain 2? Have you also played Hob back in 2017? What do you think about that? Um, And aside from the live podcast, you can catch us. Uh, we go up on days, then uh, Fridays or Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, depending on, you know, uh, where feeling. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, turn those notifications on and you'll know whenever they pop up for you. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Other than that, Brandon, is there anything else you want to tell the kids before we let them go for the week? I just want them to know that the only review that matters is their own. We'll see you guys next week. Until then. <laughs>